Well, it's that time of the week again. Time for the NHSportsPage.com podcast. Justin McIsaac in the WGIR studios. Dave Haley at World Headquarters. This week's podcast brought to you by Great Bay Community College, locations in Rochester, Lilac City in the house, and also in Portsmouth on the uh, the Peace Trade Port there. Uh, check out their athletics page at GoGreatBay.com. How's it going, Dave? It's going good. It's going good. We're uh, we're at, we're through week seven, um, and uh, now we're down to the last two games of the season. So it's uh, make or break time for everybody. Yeah, Put goes. up or shut up, as they say. Every analogy you can think of, let's just throw it out there and pile it on because that's where we're at. The master of disaster, the king of sting. Oh wait, that's a different podcast. That's the Rocky. Podcast. Yeah, no, like I, like I <laughs> died in Vegas. So I got a quick before we start going. Um, I got a quick funny story about. Uh, because everybody loves to hear somebody else's fancy football stories, and I swear oh, that's gosh. not one of these. Not really. So Twitter and social media is such a fun thing to kind of just, like, it has so many little pieces to it. And last night was classic. So I, like, it turns out many people uh, didn't know what to do. I had Alfred Morris from the 49ers. I was up 10 going against Kevin Zinka, our good buddy. And our buddy Kevin Zinka is one of my good, good friends. I'm playing golf with him on Friday. But he's that guy in your fantasy league that nobody wants to lose to ever. Like I don't I, think anyone's ever. Re- I would say know? I would say you're that guy actually, Dave. But you you Come and Zinka, on. yes, Zinka is that guy. So I might be second, but Zinka's that guy. So listen, don't be a listen. So <laughs> so last night we're going into it, and I've got uh, Matt Breida, who's the, really the number one running back, but he's been didn't practice all week, so forth, so on. I'm up ten. Zinka's got Green Bay's defense. So anyway. So Matthew Barry and, like, three other experts are like, oh, I would definitely start Alfred Morris. Like, he's – I'm starting him. And people are, like, tweeting at Matthew Barry, like, who should I start? I don't know what to do. People are like, I need 3.2 two. – they're breaking it down in a fraction. I need 3.23 points. Like, who do I start? And he's like, you, you start Alfred Morris. Like, he's going to get more of the carries. Breed is probably going to be limited. So, of course, the game starts. Breed scores within five minutes sure. on my bench. So long story short, I ended up winning it because uh, the Green Bay defense went up. Apparently last night I didn't watch the game against Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Ricky Waters, Roger Craig, and, <laughs> and Dwight Clark. I had no idea. But the the vitriol that was 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 going at Matthew Berry all night, all you had to do was search Alfred Morris on Twitter. And people are like, how do you do this for a living? All I needed was two points. And you told me to start. He didn't get it. One official carry the entire game. He's supposed to start going into it. And poor Matthew Barry, people were threatening, like, you know, illness on his family. And I don't know how you still have a job <laughs> screaming at this guy. I mean, I ended up winning anyway, even though I got a big fat zero out of Alfred Morris. But just to see Matthew Barry being destroyed on Twitter last night, we're telling everybody not to stop Matt Breida. Yeah, it was just a glorious, glorious moment for uh, for Twitter, or just yet another low point. I, I can't decide which one. Well, there's there's many low points to have, especially over the last two years. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's just oh. add, add, add that to the pile. Yes, yeah. So anyway, so I had to share that moment with anyway. So uh, we were victorious last night. Turn Ferguson moved to four and two, and we pretty much have a bye this week. We're playing your team, so we're excited to be five and two. I'm pretty and, sure my uh, team's wildly outscoring yours, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll settle it in the ring. That's not actually true, yes, but that's okay. Um, all right, so we're doing um, three up, three down, and uh, yeah, we're getting to it. You want to go first with the, who you got up? Uh, what, I, why, don't, why don't I let you go first here? 
I'm still sorting All out right, who I want. Take one of yours and just let's just get it done with your. It's apparently your Dover Green. Oh, Wave. how dare you! The arch rival of Spalding has now become your. This is like me cradling Laconia in my arms and carrying him around in a backpack. I have to so, tell you, I have to tell you before Jane, uh, Jay Manzi uh, was not thrilled with me uh, posting a, a Snapchat of uh, the, me and the Dover kids going, "Let's go!" He said, "Oh, you can be you can be bought, but for for very very cheap well, money, uh, listen, you can be bought." Ty Vicko got me uh, help get me a ring, so you know what are you what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By two points. Um. So they uh, no great win over Exeter, essentially eliminating Exeter. Not officially, but uh, but essentially eliminating Exeter from the postseason, which I called. I don't want to get angry with the people of Exeter. I'm going to rank your team very high in the basketball preseason, but I did uh, predict that Exeter would mix the playoffs and got a little grief from it, and uh, turned out to be correct. And um, that's a great win by those guys. I'll let you go from there because you've covered the last two games on NH Sports page. I thought the interview was awesome. Thought the kids were great, and uh, happy to see Kenny Osman and uh, Eric Kumba is a good buddy of us uh, of ours. I'm happy to see uh, them having some success over there. They've had low numbers last few years and so forth, but they battled through. And I'll let you uh, wax poetic about it, but uh, but they're definitely one of my teams. Up, I'm really impressed. I was really impressed with how um, how resilient they were because they got down ten nothing to Exeter, and as we, you and I both know, going down ten nothing to Exeter is like going down thirty five nothing to anybody else usually because yeah. they just yeah. they'll just choke you out and uh, grind you into dust. But uh, but no, the, uh, the the their offense had a couple. Of, uh, I think they had a three and out and then a turnover, but they got their mojo back, and then the defense played. Really well. I was actually talking to uh, Lauren Godin afterwards. She said uh, she didn't see the team tackle that well all season long. She was scouting for Londonderry. Uh, you would know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she's you know she's probably uh, one of the better football minds in New Hampshire. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I got that sense too. They kind of figured out what Exeter was doing, and then really uh, held Exeter pretty much in check the rest of the way offensively. It was it was really impressive to see as as impressive as the offense was. The defense uh, really stepped up their game after getting a ten nothing hole. Yeah, no, they've got so they've got uh, Londonderry on the road this weekend, uh, this Friday night, which is going to be really difficult uh, to say the least. And then they get Salem at home on Senior Night, so they still have uh, at four and three. Uh, let's put it this way: if Dover gets into the playoffs, they they have absolutely, <laughs> positively earned it. Uh, yeah. it's going to be difficult for the next two weeks. Yeah, nobody's uh, no, nobody's giving them a gimme. That's for sure. With Londonderry and Salem coming up, but uh, yeah, they'll have to earn their way in for sure. Uh, let's yep. see. And actually, the team, one of the teams I had up, I was going to pick Dover's one, but another one would be their opponent this week, the Londonderry Lancers, whose only loss is to Pinkerton. And, uh, you know, uh, coming off a win uh, at Wyndham, or at home to Wyndham, at home to Winnicott, and then maybe the most impressive win at all, going to Rochester and being spotted. No easy task ever. Not, e- not ever easy to do. No, never. <laughs> but, but no, they're, uh, you know, the, aside from the blemish uh, against Pinkerton, which, you know, seems to be their. Uh, they're crossed yeah. to bear at this point. They're 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 looking uh, like, listen, Bedford's Bedford's the w- number one in the in the division. Okay, but you know, fighting for that number two spot, they may be uh, uh, the contender for that. They got an interesting schedule the rest of the way. We mentioned Dover's coming in there on Friday night, uh, senior night for Londonderry, and then a game that I, when I was writing my division one preview back in August, a game that I kind of circled. Uh, they got to go at Exeter. Uh, last game of the season, Exeter may be officially eliminated by then, but Exeter's not going to lay down, especially on senior night. They'll have about 44 seniors, as they usually do, out of their 150 kids in the program. And, uh, you know, so that's that could be 
you know, that could be a game where Exeter kind of nips them, you know, and, and, and maybe cost Londonderry a home playoff game if they're not careful. So right now, um, you know, they're in second place in that division with Salem. You know, it was good for them to have Wyndham beat Salem. Uh, they're tied with Pinkerton, but, of course, Pinkerton owns the tiebreaker. So, uh, But Pinkerton's still got to go to Winnicott at, to end the season, uh, the team that blew them out in the championship last year. So a lot still to be determined. But, yeah, I was very high on Londonderry coming in the season and uh, kind of remain so uh, at this point, too. All right, who you got for uh, second team up? I got I'm going to surprise you where I'm going to go. I'm going to, we're going down to Division Four. And I'm going with my favorite high school gym to shoot in back in the day, a long, long time ago, the Franklin Golden Tornadoes uh, coming off a 38 to nothing win over your Raymond Rams. Oh. I'm giving you Raymond. Uh, I'll take him. It's a Yankee swap, and I just handed you Raymond. <laughs> so if you, you look at their box scores, you know, 27 is, excuse me, their score is 27 to 6 over Mascoma Open. 38-21 over Farmington New. You never know. I mean, that could have been 38 nothing, and maybe, you know, sure. scored late. 20-8 over a solid Fall Mountain team that just beat Brady. 42-7 over Brady. And 38 nothing over Raymond. They got Newfound at Franklin this week, and, and Newfound's 4-1. That's a really interesting game. Um, that's one I'll definitely be previewing in, in the Thursday Thoughts. Um, that's pretty much for second place um, as of now. And then, as we've mentioned a bunch of times, Jen and I are going to be at Winnesquam on October 27th for the season finale when Franklin goes to Winnesquam. So if they can beat Newfound this week at home, then they're going to set up a battle of two unbeaten teams and their arch rivals. Um, and I think that's exactly I, – I don't, I don't understand why there are still people out there arguing about the existence of Division Four. I don't get it. Like, I don't understand it. Like, you got – the possibility of Jen and I out there with the cameras to see, uh, you know, an unbeaten Winnesquam playing unbeaten Franklin. Do you think that was happening if there are three divisions? I mean, I don't nope. understand, like, what the, what the problem is. It, you know, the fact that Newfound is 4-1, and one, I mean, that's terrific. And it's great for those kids. It's great for the program. And uh, I'll let you take it from there. But, I mean, this is, this is working. Division 4 is working. Yeah, and yeah, maybe there's some tweaks still to be had in Division Three because there's still some lopsided scores there. But uh, yeah, that, that's probably a question. Maybe some teams need to be playing up, and maybe one or two teams need to come down. But uh, yeah, yeah, Division Four, a good idea that's working well, I think. And uh, speaking Absolutely. of which, I speaking speaking of which, I was going to put Fall Mountain in my teams that are up two wins in a row for Fall there Mountain. You go. They won at Bishop Brady. They beat Farmington Newt. Now listen, they didn't exactly knock off the 07 Patriots and the '85 Bears, but. You got to play who they put in the schedule, and that's two wins in a row for Fall Mountain. After you know three losses to start the season, and every one of those games was close. They lost yeah. to Raven by eight. They lost to Winnesquam by eight, and they lost to Franklin well, by twelve. They lost to? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. So Fall Mountain, yeah. they, they could be on the come here late in the Division Four season. Well, all right. So let's look at the standings here as we head into the final two weeks of the season. So top four teams make it. Uh, they lose the tiebreaker to Raymond because they lost the season opener. Raymond It was a good game. But they're, they're right now tied for fourth place. You know, Newfound, Franklin, and Winscom are going to the playoffs. They've already clinched it. Uh, now it's a matter of, you know, Fall Mountain trying to, you know, sneak in. They got Mascoma at home this week. Mascoma's one and four. Um, and they got a route against Raymond. Raymond's playing Farmington Newt this weekend. So I, I don't think Raymond's losing that one. But um, no, that, it's great. That's another. Uh, Orion Binney is the head coach out there. He's a former assistant coach at Keene High School. Really good guy. Talked to him quite a bit last year. 
And, uh, again, that's uh, just another program that's uh, been way down in numbers. And when you were asking them to compete against Monadnock and teams like that, they were, they were getting killed right. and sliced and diced. And, uh, and now they're in a situation where they have something to fight for going into late October, and that has not been the case for a long time. So uh, good call. That's, yeah, it's terrific. All right, your third, uh, third team up. All right, you're going to like this one. All right. You ready? Go ahead. The Hilltoppers of Summersworth. There we go. Here we go. It won three in a row. Our buddy Danny Hotson. We kind of so, uh, we kind of we kind of half predicted this at the beginning of the season, right? Because they had to play uh, Murderers Row at the beginning of the year, and then the season the uh, schedule kind of softened up a bit, right? It's not just it, listen. It's not just the fact that the schedule is turned. It's the totality yeah. of their victories. <laughs> They're they murdering their teams first- now. Murdering teams, forty-one to sixteen. <laughs> they beat Interlakes Moulinboro on the road. They beat Newport at Newport, fifty-two to twenty-two. Danny's had his butt handed to him a few times in Newport, so I think he was quite happy to keep it going up there in Newport. <laughs> Boy, Newport hasn't won a game. And then forty-two to six over Epping Newmarket. Uh, they had to be going crazy over there in Summersworth. Which still, Summersworth. If you're a fan like I am, a hard rock and hair metal, there is no better place to go. To see the pregame, uh, they play. It's a Aussie Metallica. It's everything you want in pregame music and summer <laughs> I'm sure they were cracking it out pretty good. You know, by by the, they started off their their first four games. They only scored twelve points, and they gave up an average of about. I'm not doing the math, but an average of about forty four or so. Uh, right, yeah, 39, 46, 22, yeah. and 41. Right now their points for are 147. Their points against are 192. It could be even by the end of the season, Dave, after starting yeah. off scoring 12 points in four games. Well, they got a real interesting game this weekend. So they play Kearsage Mount Royal. Um, one and six, another, like, we think they're better than their record is. Um, and then they close the season at Trinity. I do not expect them to be able to, 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 to beat Trinity on the road. But – you get eight playoff teams in Division Three, and again, if you haven't heard us say it a hundred times, we'll say it again. We're going to be in Swansea on Friday night. Manadnock is hosting Campbell, P. Terrier, and uh, Great Bay Community College's own mayor, Nicole Morero, That's right. are going to be there on uh, on Friday night. And, and I, look at yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, just looking at the standings, Trinity and Stevens uh, are tied. I, I, I'm not going. I can't deep dive to see if they. Played or not, I don't think they've played yet. Trini and Stevens are um, are at five and two. Laconia would be the fifth five seed, along with Lebanon and Hillsborough Deering. Your eighth seed is Summersworth. So, and they've got a two game lead on two teams already beat. So, Kearsaw's Mount Royal could yep. conceivably get in this thing if they win this game. They'll be two and six. Mandanoc would be three and five. And uh, as I said, Summersworth's got to play. At Trinity to close the season, and then the last game of the season is. I was really excited that I was bringing all this up, and then I got to it. Kearsarge Mount Royal will be at home against Midnight Knock. Oh, uh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> this, so, in other words, so this, you think Danny Hudson and his team are going to the playoffs? And your prize for getting to the playoffs, Dan Hudson, a trip to either Litchfield or Swansea. Congratulations. <laughs> or, <laughs> or maybe Manchester to take on Trinity. Yeah, if you if you're if you can somehow sneak into that six seed, but. But yeah, this this would function as a playoff game uh, Friday night if Kearsarge Mount Royal didn't have to play uh, didn't have to play Panadnock to end the season. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're only, if you're if you're uh, my buddy Zach Matthews at Kearsarge, your hope is okay. Here's the scenario: Panadnock beats Campbell, and then going into the last game of the season because they own the tiebreaker really means nothing. 
And I don't know. I'm just trying to. Yeah, you get two home games positive. if you're Manad Knock, but you're still probably going to win, let's be honest. Manad yeah, really I good. agree. I agree, too. But Summersworth is definitely one of my teams up. I did a deep dive on them in the Thursday column two or three weeks ago. And uh, I remember emailing with Danny, and I remember he was like, I don't know why you want this much information. I don't know if you heard it yet, <laughs> but here it is. <laughs> and, uh, Coach of the year, Danny Austin. He's getting a vote this That's year. Right. Maybe not Maybe not for first place, but he's still getting a vote from me every year, whether whether he oh, wants it or not. He's earning it this year. He's earning it this year. <laughs> so, uh, no, so they're my final team. So, again, my my three teams that were out this week, I had Dover, Franklin, and Summersworth. I, I have an honorable mention. This will shock you, but I have an honorable mention. I'm go- I'm- and that, of course, go is ahead. my Guilford, Belmont, oh, Golden Eagles, who went on the road to North Conway and beat Kennett last weekend 9-3. to and uh, by the time you hear this podcast, you'll see it. John Mitchell, the linebacker, had 20 tackles, two for loss for Guilford, and he is on the Adrenaline Player of the Week uh, poll this week as the Player of the Week. He's one of the five candidates. You going to cook the books for that or what? No, he's got right <laughs> from my buddy Maurice. All right, I was also going to mention the Sauhegan Sabres. They've won two really good games in a row uh, at yeah. Pelham. And then a good win over Hollis Brookline. And unfortunately, though, their coach has yes, hypothermia. They're, so that's, yeah. that's just tragic. Their coach is currently a nice shade of blue. So maybe get him, like I said, in the top 10, get him some thermal underwear, get him some long jumps. Former quarterback, Robin Bowcat, Bow- 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 by the way. Cover him. <laughs> I yeah. love that. I love that he's jumping in the river. I love it. That's, he's I, a good guy. I love stuff like he's that. Good guy. All right. So unfortunately, we have to hit three down, Dave. So uh, who we got? I gotta go with the, the school that is, as I sit here, is one half a mile down the road from me. Oh, and that is the defending champion Winnicott Warriors. You stole what I was gonna say for my first team down. I did. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it, it, it's not a hard down, and they're, they're, by the way, they're they're gonna get as they say in sports, they're gonna get right this weekend when they go at Timberlane. God, God help Timberlane because <laughs> Winnicott is gonna take out a lot of anger on them. Um, but uh, they're gonna trace like a you know a speed bag. But um, now Winnicott loses two straight games, very very competitive games, thirty eight to thirty four at Londonderry, and then they come back in a whole different kind of game at home, and they lose to Salem twenty to thirteen. They lost to two very good teams. They lost within one score. Um, so you know nothing you know negative about Ron Offon's team, but they did lose two games in a row, and uh, I think that's newsworthy, and uh, that gets you in the, the three down. Yeah, I think that's going to help them though. You know, playing these close games with these teams, uh, you know, that, that loss on the road to Londonderry and then losing to Salem. Now they know what they're up against come playoff time. So I think all that is going to do is help Winnicott it, uh, and Winnicott it. I, I think they've clinched the division. I think technically, no, yeah, they have because uh, yeah, they clinched that. Yeah, because Do- Dover can only match them. Yeah, and they have the tiebreaker over Dover. So, uh, so yeah, but that's just gonna, gonna do nothing but help them when they get to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and like like I said, they're gonna they're gonna beat Timberlane this week, um, and that's gonna get them to six and two. And then they get Pinkerton at home last game of the season. That that's a game that could go either way, but. Um, it's a very soft, like like when we say they're down in the three down. It's a gently yeah. placing, like a puppy on a pillow, and you know, and kind of tucking it, kind of down. <laughs> it's, it's not a a hard down. Right. I got a few hard downs on my list here, but that when it comes, not one of them. All right, so I was uh, I was also going to select them, uh, but I'll, I'll I'll shift gears and go to a team I thought was going to be a little more competitive these past two games that they played. I'll go with the Manchester West Blue Knights. I know it's uh, yeah. it's not nice to pick on Manchester West because they've had a a rough couple of years, and it looked like they were uh, going to be competitive. But, uh, yeah, losing, uh, having half a hundred hung on them at Alvern and then uh, getting blown up by St. Thomas, it was a little surprising. 
Yeah, and I, I um, you know, I think Alvern actually benefited uh, from playing West, you know, kind of like that, uh, that wing kind of offense that West runs. They kind of go against that before they play at John Stark. So I think which runs a similar offense. So I think Alvin really benefited. But yeah, no, I, I, I um, you know, West, no, I think West has had its moments. Uh, they've been real down. They were not very competitive the last season. And um, they got some real good playmates. And they got a couple of the kids. So um, I think there's been more positives this season than negative with Manchester West, no question about it. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, you know, they, they weren't able to compete with the best teams. I'm not sure if that's a shocker or not, but uh, that's certainly the case. All right, who else you got for uh, for teams that are down? I got a hard down, unfortunately. Uh-oh. I don't like to be mean. I was just at, literally at this high school two weeks ago doing uh, cookie dough. Uh, so nothing personal, um, even though four of the kids didn't do the cookie dough right now. I had to drive all the way back out to North Conway, New Hampshire. Oof. But uh, really surprised by Kenneth. Um, I... I mean, look at them now. They're two and five. Their only two wins of the season were against Pembroke and Merrimack Valley. This is a team that on opening weekend lost 27-20 to Hanover. No shame in that. But it's like they went to Plymouth two and one. And I wrote about this, and I think we talked about this, and it's almost like Plymouth just knocked the air right out of them and beat them 42-7 to and was very physical with them. That was a very physical game. It was a very chippy game. There was a lot of squawking going on on the sidelines and stuff like that. And they just haven't recovered. And I think they returned four of their line. Jake Stearns, Jacob Stearns was an all-state lineman a year ago. He returned with three other starters. They got Dominic Jones. They got, they got some real playmakers over there. But then they lose to Stark 30-13. They get destroyed by Milford. Uh, by the way, I'm not sure Milford isn't the second best team in Division Two. Really? I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw that out there. I'm gonna lay it out there on the table. Hmm. Uh, I think Milford. You could see Milford Plymouth at at um, if I had to pick it right now, not knowing where teams fall, I, I'm gonna go Ball Plymouth three. That would be my top choice for your who I think is gonna be. But but Bow could end up in the same bracket as Plymouth, uh, and you, I can guarantee we'll be at that one if that's the case for the semis. But I like Alvern and Milford, I think, are your top four, and I put St. Thomas fifth. They're going to get mad at me, but that's where yeah. I have them. Well, listen, Milford, it's not like St. Thomas Milford. beat Milford in Milford. I mean, so – oh, wait, they did. Well, they that's right. Him. Right. I, I, I'm just saying, no, I'm very – I think St. Thomas is really, really good. I mean, really good. Well coached and Decorn, you don't have to tell me. Like, Benelli, those kids are really good. Um, I just think that it's stacked at the top there, so there's not much of a difference. I, I think St. Thomas could beat – Anybody in the division. So it's really just that stacked at the top. But I really like Milford a lot. And um, But anyway, Kenneth losing at home to my Guilford Belmont Golden Eagles, which is a sophomore-laden team, again, that now I think Guilford Belmont next season – by the way, they're still in the playoff race. I don't think they're going to make it. But they now go into next season. They should absolutely positively – it's playoffs or bust. And then in two years, Guilford Belmont should be trying to shoot for Durham. I mean, really. With um, with all these sophomores, Alex Cheek and Mitchell, and uh, you know uh, all these kids, they got a bunch of playmakers that are young. But um, did, did you just say Guilford Belmont really... should be shooting for Durham? You know, you know, Plymouth's still going to be a team in two years, right? And I said in two years, <laughs> I know yeah. well, Plymouth teams go there. Plymouth's not moving up. Listen, <laughs> thing bad. So they got to go. So Kenneth, by the way, has to go at Bow this weekend, which I predict will not go well. No. And then they get Kingswood at home, and so if you end the season at three and six and say, wow, we beat Pembroke, Merrimack Valley, and Kingswood, the three worst teams 
yeah. in the division. That's a really disappointing year for Kenneth. So, uh, bummer, because we like it when Kenneth, uh, you went up for that <laughs> the, the ice bowl up there a few years ago, oh, didn't God. you, St. Thomas and Kenneth? I think I just thought out a couple of minutes ago from, from, from I them. I was very pleased I didn't go to that game. That no was offense. The, that, yeah, that was uh, Pete Terrier was on the roof. Ed John Kestian, I think none of us have been the same since then. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> certainly not. I remember watching the highlights, and you were like, yeah, it's uh, he was like, it's 28 degrees, and it's windy, too. Yeah, and right. we're above the tree line. It was fantastic. Uh, oh, wow, yeah. All right, uh, I have Raymond as down. My Raymond Rams. Now, listen, I didn't expect him to beat Winnesquam or Franklin, but I didn't expect him to. This is the to... tough love part of the show, isn't Th- it? That's right. I-, I love the Raymond Rams. That's why I have to be mean to them. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't expect him to get shut out uh, th- by a combined uh, or an average score of 38 and a half to nothing. That was the surprising part. Yeah, so whether this applies to Raymond or not, I don't know. But I was talking to uh, – uh, he'll remain nameless, but a prominent football coach in New Hampshire the other night for quite a while. And I was saying to him, somebody said to me when I was up north, they said, what's the hardest part of they, – they knew who, they knew the website, and so this guy, he's really nice guy at the bar, and he, he asked me, so what's the hardest thing about covering football? The hardest thing about covering football is you don't know – I can't tell you how many times I've said, oh, this is going to be a big game, and this linebacker you know, is going to be a key for their defense. And then somebody texted me like, oh, yeah, the kid broke his foot 10 days ago. Right. Or – yeah, this, you know, it's going to be a key. Hey, you should know they lost two of their linemen last game. We don't know. You can't track. So I don't know if this applies to Raymond at all. But you ever know if, like, these, they lost three starters. They lost four starters. Maybe some, yeah. you know, kid broke his foot. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not like it's there's a press really conference. With basketball, we know. With football, we do not know. Right, yeah, because basketball is only 15 kids on the team at most. And then, you know, it's not like college where you go to a press conference every week and you ask the coach, you know, who's injured. You just, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes you show up, oh, this kid's not playing. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I feel like at some point, and I, I've not, I'm just guessing this, an educated guess is there's been teams we've probably been like, oh, they're down. And I'm sure their coaches are listening to like, yeah, dingbat, we lost four of our top six guys. <laughs> you know, like some kid got strep throat, another kid got mono, he kissed the wrong girl. Right. And then two kids broke their foot. And so. You just don't know. It's really hard to football. Trust me, football coaches are not texting me every week. Like, oh, I just wanted to let you know two of my starters are hurt. Yeah, I mean, they don't do that I, at all. They don't do that at all. They may even lie to you about it, you know, when you ask them. So it's just hard. Football is way harder in that regard is that you just never know with injuries. There's so many kids that play through injuries during the game, and then the next day it gets a lot worse. You know what I mean? A lot of these kids are real possible, and they tough it out, but then they're unable to go afterwards. So. So anyway, I'm just going to make the, that. That's my speech. I don't know if it's Raymond or not. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. giving Raymond an excuse, even though I have no idea. But right. I appreciate that. My Rams appreciate that. <laughs> this, this next one's going to be down. Right. I mean, it's going to be hard to uh, to do. Go ahead. I feel like I'm going to be repercussions. I hope he's not listening. I'm going to go to the exit of Blue Hawks. Or <gasps> Ooh, look at you! I hope, uh, the legendary Bill Ball, who I like very, very much, not listening, but. Um, they uh, they are not going to make the playoffs, and I guess when you look back at their season, they've been competitive, and they lost twenty eight to seven to Salem on the road opening night. We know that. Ever since they've been very competitive. I did that Pinkerton game. Pinkerton really should have won that game twenty four to seven. It was seventeen seven with the final. They lost uh, at Winnicott twenty one seven, and they lost at Dover twenty eight eighteen. A game that you covered, but they just they they. I, I, I keep going back to the same thing because I've seen them play three times. And it's like they, not in person, but, you know, film stuff like that. They 
they lack that kind of explosive. Yeah, that's exactly what right? I was going to say. Mean, you tell me. What yeah, do they think? don't have a, they don't have a home run hitter. In the past, they've had someone you know they you know always running that wing T offense, and you know it's a Tyler lot. Grant. They've had a bunch of them. Yeah, a lot of times it's like four yards in a cloud of dust. But once in a while, you'll get somebody will pop off a twenty five yard run, a thirty five yard run, take a seventy yard touchdown run. You know, like Kyle Ball, a quarterback, would would be able to do that you know, yep. for the QB position. It doesn't seem like they really have that kid this year, or or maybe it's just the matchups they've had. But I, I got the sense that they were just trying to. You know, they, they they were doing their regular ground and pound, but they didn't really have someone that could take it to the house, you know, on a regular basis. Kyle Ball was a kid who was now playing baseball at Stetson, by the way. He was a kid who could really take a good shot. They had Hunter Long, a tight end, who, by the way, scored Boston College's first touchdown the other uh, last Saw that. Against uh, Louisville, which is awesome. Pete Terry loved Hunter Long. And um, so they had – the big tight end, and they had the guy that could kind of they, they could run a guy down the seam. I remember when they lost to Bedford in the state championship game at UNH, Kyle Ball took a shot up the seam to some guy, and he just overthrew him by like four yards. But, yep. I mean, the guy was gone. And they don't have, you know, Grijalva's been their quarterback, and he's good, but he, he's a really good athlete. They, they just don't have that guy who can kind of throw, you know, fit it in there and make that big play. And like you said, they don't have that guy who, if he gets three yards on the defense, he's gone. Like, right. there are certain guys that, like, they get a step and it's like, boom, they're gone. And and they don't have anyone like that, you they, know? And so they, have, they have Josh Morissette, who's a really good athlete, but uh, the way they, they play offense, like, he, in my head, he'd be like a good wide receiver. I, I, don't, I don't know if he has the explosive. No, Josh isn't fast. Yeah, right, yeah, he, the explosive breakaway yeah. speed you need. But he'd be like a good target to throw to. But, yeah, I, I don't Yeah, Ed, Edmondson has been good for them. When I saw them, you know, I thought uh, Cam Knight was their best running back against Pinkerton. But that may change night to night. But they just don't have that explosive guy. And, and honestly, Pinkerton doesn't really either. You know what I mean? Like, Gannon Fast is really good. But he's not that guy either who's just like, boom. Like, Manny Lattimore was like, boom, I got to step gone. Goodbye. Right. Like, Josh Banda, I mean, we can name a lot of different kids. Noah Wade from Newport. I mean, just thinking of kids, but they got two steps. It was like, goodbye. And they don't have anyone like that. And so I think it's just been a struggle for them to get points. And I think more so than other years, when Exeter's down like two scores in the fourth, I don't see how they're coming back. And, and they haven't. They haven't been able to do it. Yeah, when they got, uh, when they got down 28-18 to Dover, that was the ball game. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you yeah. know, with, they just didn't have enough time and not, not, not enough uh, – not, uh, not enough explosiveness on offense, but uh, okay. So. Yeah, they're the usual exit. They don't have many penalties. They tackle really well in space. Um, they're yeah. pretty good on the defensive line. You know, they're, it's, it seems ridiculous to call them well coached because it's just an obvious that that staff is tremendous. They got Portsmouth Oyster River this week, um, who I, I know they're going to want to battle. And it wouldn't shock me if Exeter comes out and beats Londonderry at home on senior night. That wouldn't shock me either, but they just. Um, you know, it's disappointing anytime Exeter doesn't make the playoffs, and it just seems like they're just kind of missing that one guy. That's that's yep. sort of what it feels like. All right, so uh, for my final team down, and I hate to do this because I love the team, love the coach, love the kids out there in Claremont. You got to go with Stevens. They've lost two in a row, Dave. Two tough losses on the road, and another uh, tough game coming up against Trinity for uh, the Stevens Cardinals. That's for third place, and Keegan McAllister is told did play the second half against Lebanon. But okay. Uh, I've talked to some coaches about Stevens, and um, I think that they may be a guy or two short as well. And I, I think sort of their last couple losses is more a product of their schedule or their fast, I should say their fast start 
was more a product of their schedule than anything else. Um, I've had coaches tell me off the record that they don't think Stevens is anywhere near Trinity and that they think Trinity will handle them pretty easily this week. So we shall see. But, um, yeah, they, I think the schedule has gotten a lot harder for them. Um, they'll be a playoff team, and they'll be a tough out, as always. And, yeah, those are those are our guys up there, and, and Stevens, they're, they're great. Um, but, yeah, I, I think their schedule's gotten tougher, and so that's that's why you see them drop a little bit. All right, yeah, I hate to see it because, uh, like I said, we love that program. But uh, there, there you have the three up, three down. The Red Sox actually played a decent hour today, Dave. They play at 5 o'clock, so I'll be able to see the whole I game. I like that. We got opening night for my Boston Celtics tonight. I know. Yeah, if the Red Sox game gets over with quick, if we get a nice two-hit shutout from uh, Eovaldi, uh, there'll be no overlap. Uh, I, I hope the Celtics hammer on the uh, 76ers because I, I feel the uh, I, I feel like uh, the 76ers are a little too big for their britches, Dave Haley. I don't like what the, I don't like all the talking they do. They talk a lot for a team that won five playoff games last year. Yeah, they remind me of the uh, the Week Two Super Bowl champion, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> terrific. They had the parade afterwards. And yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I agree. By the way, I saw um, Chad Finn, who I'm still very bitter, doesn't follow NH Sports Page. He's a New Hampshire guy. He keeps talking about it. I love him on the Globe, and I read his stuff all the time, but does not follow us. Oh, he follows me? He doesn't follow you? That's weird. He doesn't. He follows Matt Corsetti and you, but doesn't follow me. <laughs> all right? It's not me. Excuse me. It's NH Sports Page. Listen. Listen, he doesn't follow the institution that has ah. Jennifer Chick Ruth in it. No, well, you know what? Now I'm now I'm offended all over again. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. There you go. She is the face. Uh, is the heart and soul <laughs> of the organization. But I, I wanted to add real quick. He put out a kind of a cool question on Sunday, where he's like, "What do you remember is like the best like double double header Boston sports double header? What was the one that you put down? It was October, you know, like in one day. It was October thirteenth of twenty thirteen. You had the big poppy grand slam to tie up game two of the ALCS against the Tigers. That was right after like a twenty four point comeback for the Patriots against the Saints, where we thought the game was over six different times and they kept coming back and winning. Was this a Kimbrell Tompkins game? Yes, yes, that was the one. You're correct. <laughs> I don't know how I pulled that. <laughs> Can't do math, but I know that. Um, mine would be because I. I I have a specific reason for it was I was actually at Fenway when the Red Sox forced game five against the Oakland A's off of Keith Folk, who was I, the closer. I remember that. For the Oakland A's. Trot Nixon. Uh, oh, no, Trot Nixon was the night before. It was Big Poppy with a double to right. Trot Nixon was the home right the night before. I was at a wedding that night. And then on Sunday I was at Fenway, and that same day the Patriots, like, blew out the Titans, who were like a real, you know, Steve McCann. They, was a re- they were arguably the Second best team in the AFC in the Patriots. I remember Troy Brown, you know, had like a thousand yards receiving. But they both were going on at the same time. But the Sox started John Burkett. There you go in a <laughs> in a game they had to win. And John Burkett did the he did the the, the workman like you know five innings, two runs, yeah, did his job. Old man grinding it. I saw that season. I saw John Burkett beat Roy Halladay. May he rest in peace. That that yeah. hap- that happened. Yeah, I mean, somebody. Somebody. I ha- I'll have to go back and look. It might have been Ortiz. Somebody got a huge hit that day. It was an afternoon game at Fenway. Oakland was really good. Or- Ortiz hit Derek Lowe. Ortiz smoked. You remember? Yeah, Ortiz smoked a double to right. Looked like it was going out off of Folk, and that's what. Okay, gave- then that that's it. So I was at that game, and I was in the the right field grandstand with one of my buddies, Tyler Eck, one of my college buddies, and it was like one of those fifty-eight degree, fifty-seven. Not a cloud in the sky. Yep. Fall. It was like a perfect weather day. And if you remember, the Sox were about to be eliminated in 94. Trot Nixon hit like a walk-off homer to keep them alive. And they ended up 
they had, that was the year they went all the way to Game Seven against the Yankees, and uh, and uh, losing manager Brett Boone uh, uh, hit the uh, was it Brett Boone? Who, Aaron Boone, yeah, Aaron Boone, Grady Little, because you Aaron know. Boone, and that was the Grady Little year. But anyway, so that was a great sports day. Uh, and I remember the other thing I remember is one time back in the '80s, Wayne Gretzky played a matinee against the Bruins, and then that night Larry Bird played. Uh, in the garden, so oh, wow. like Gretzky and Bird had both played at the garden <laughs> in the same day. That was pretty. Cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, so uh, you, you almost uh, you set up a segue for me accidentally there. Uh, game seven of the 03 ALCS. Uh, do you know what what else happened that day? I don't know. The birth of Cameron Pierce McIsaac. Oh, I do know that That's because right. I I almost dropped him when Aaron Boone hit the home run, and that anniversary is actually today. 15 years ago America's today. favorite feature bowler. That's was right. Born so, at that moment. So a shout out. He's not going to listen, but uh, everybody else, if you see him, a uh, shout out to Cameron McIsaac. Happy birthday. 15 years old. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird having a 15 year old. Just save your uh, happy birthdays for the Coaches for a Cause Jamboree on December 8th at Great Bay. Cam McIsaac and his buddy will be working the door. <laughs> Cam loves it when you come up and talk to him and ask him. He loves talking to people he doesn't know. And absolutely, just human conversation. He loves it. He absolutely just we, loves talking to people. We may have Keely trying to work the door because she actually does like talking to people. I don't trust her with no, money she though. Won't stop talking to people. And you can go in for free. Door. It's fine. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's not gonna work. <laughs> we, we're raising money for charity, people. That's so, right. Um, All right, where are we gonna be yeah, this weekend? We'll have, what's that? Where are you gonna be this weekend? Website-wise. I'm going to be, oh, yeah, I'm going to be at uh, John Stark on Saturday. John Stark with Hanover coming in. Oh, that'll be a good Saturday one. With the franchise. Yeah, Jen, Chick, Ruth. And uh, so we're doing Campbell Manana Friday night, and then Jen and I are doing John Stark Hanover on Saturday afternoon. Very excited about that to get the Generals and uh, uh, and the Marauders on camera this week. And then, um, and then yeah, we'll be taping our Jamboree podcast on Tuesday. We'll probably put that up on Wednesday. Yes. And, uh yeah, we're raring to go here. Yeah, Dave will be in studio next week, so uh, it'll be uh, it'll be all live. We're, we'll do it live, <laughs> and we officially can announce that Justin McIsaac will be the announcer all day long. At the <sighs> thank you, UNH football, for not making the playoffs this year. I love UNH and uh, peace, love, love you, mean it. But we get Justin McIsaac back, and here's the best part: Al, our friend Allison over at Great Bay. I'll be meeting with them tomorrow. Hopefully, you'll be uh, joining us post meeting said and i quote i take it you guys are handling the music and can you answer that Justin <laughs> yes yes we are we are absolutely handling the music i can see get ready for 90s rap and hip-hop <laughs> all day long all right uh, i was, no, I was uh, just saying it's an education during a sporting event people are gonna get <laughs> yes 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 children you're gonna learn what the good stuff is all right friday night Manadnock and campbell is that correct that's correct, sir. All right, and I want to give a shout out to Nicole Marrero. Uh, her she has an Instagram account for her like uh, film editing stuff, Nicole.films, Nicole with an H, and she does like little like thirty second like recaps of uh, of the game she does too, where she does her own graphics and music. They're pretty cool, so you should check that out. At Dave, She's I don't think, awesome. I don't think you follow yeah. that one yet, do you? You should go check that out too. I think I do, but yeah, I will. I'm, I'm Nicole's been a huge huge addition to our team, and she's. Uh, She's been great, and the Londonderry Lancers absolutely love her. That's so there the, you go. The mayor, yes. And we're always looking for new video videographers. So if you know how to shoot yep. and edit film, uh, get at Dave. Uh, Dave Haley at NHSportsPage.com. Is that the email we pay. address? We will pay you money. Yes. Pretty simple. All right. So there you have it. Uh, I'll be Friday night, I'll either be at Dover, Londonderry, if I can find a sponsor, or uh, somewhere with Q Sarge. 
uh, if uh, if not. So one of those two games, I haven't decided yet. We'll figure it out. But uh, there you go. All right, buddy. We'll uh, we'll check you next week. All right, buddy. Go Sox. Go Celtics. Woo.